It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The Florida Gators are who we thought they were. Jimbo Fisher loses his gold versus the Pirate. And yes, Arkansas fans, Georgia is that good. 
is Coach Orgeron's time at LSU slowly coming to a sad end. The GOAT, Nick Saban, shows Lane Kiffin where to get his popcorn. And we will go over Coach Steve's Week 5 bets. You can get all of this on this episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel, and you're not subscribed to it, please subscribe to it. Why not? You're going to get all the updates from these great episodes, all the great talks on this podcast, everything. So please hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, leave a comment about how to make this better. Please share it out. If you're listening to it anywhere you listen to your podcast on Apple, please follow it. It will give you updates on when a new episode drops, and we're dropping a lot each week. Spotify, follow it. It will tell you the same thing. And if you're not listening to it on Apple or Spotify and it's somewhere else, it's there. It is everywhere you can find your podcast in audio form. Anywhere. Send me one that you want it to be on, and I will show you that it's already on there. It is everywhere. You can also find this podcast on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. A bunch of other podcasts are on there for every sport, every betting thing that you can think of, fantasy sports, other things other than sports are there. Go to bellyupsports.com to check out all the blogs, all the podcasts, all the great stuff that is happening on there and all the affiliates with it. And betting is in full swing. I'm telling you, that's why we're going over picks. We're going over bets. It's all there. If you go to mybookie.ag and use the code bellyupfantasy, you will get free money. That's right. Did you say that? Free money. You get free money. They will double your first deposit. You deposit 50 bucks. Now you got a hundred bucks. You deposit a hundred bucks, you get 200. You deposit a thousand. If you're a high roller, you're a diamond ring wearing, Rolex wearing, you will get $2,000 if you deposit a thousand dollars. Do same game parlays. Do in-game parlays. Whatever you want, just individual bets. Go to mybookie.ag, use that code. It will let you know, they'll let them know that I sent you and shows that you're supporting this podcast. Thank you so much. Let's get into today's episode. We are recapping things that happened in college football week five outside of the Big Ten. Go check out other episodes where we talk about the Big Ten. This one, we are going to talk about just a few games that I caught my eye and probably caught a lot of people's eye. Kentucky's win over Florida. Not very many people probably thought Kentucky was going to win. A lot of people said it was going to be close. I don't know if anybody thought Kentucky was going to win. Stoops has got them playing very tough down there in Kentucky. Kentucky is 5-0. and oh, And they're unranked. They're 3-0 and oh in the SEC. This is a huge win for Kentucky. Florida is who that we thought they were. Me and Coach West on a podcast said, watching Alabama and Florida play, Florida is going to catch Alabama eventually. They took a major step backwards. I don't know if Dan Mullen overlooked Kentucky. He might have. Here's where I have a problem. A lot of people are big numbers people, so here's some numbers. Florida had more first downs than Kentucky 21 to 13. 
Florida just had a hard time converting on third down. They were 4-13 while Kentucky was 1-9. of nine. They were both 0-1 for fourth down. Yards, Florida had 382 yards total compared to Kentucky's 224. Passing yards, Florida beat them 211-87. to They averaged 6.6 yards at completion. Both had one interception. Rushing, Florida outrushed Kentucky 171-173. to 173. Florida had more rushing attempts. Now, Florida had way more penalties. They had 15 penalties for 115 yards. Kentucky only had four for 30 yards. Both turned the ball over one time. Total yards, again, I'm going to say that again. Florida, 382 to 224. Florida had the ball longer, 36 minutes and 18 seconds. So, when you look on paper and the stats, besides running, uh, Rodriguez for them on Kentucky had 99 yards rushing. On paper, Florida would win. But good thing they don't play the game on paper. So all you numbers guys, just take just take a seat. I want you to take a seat. The game is played on the field, and Kentucky played the game. It's about playing the game. Florida is now three and two, one and two in the SEC, while Kentucky's five and zero oh and three and zero. Oh. You are Dan Mullen coaching the Florida Gators who played very tough against Alabama and maybe could have beat them. And you don't get your team ready to play Kentucky. Congratulations to Kentucky. Watching them play last year in the COVID year, they play very tough. Florida just did not... They move the ball around, but again, it, it, defenses have changed. Defenses are all about we can we can give up the yards, just not the points. So Kentucky's defense came out and played very well. The line of scrimmage was handled pretty well. Florida had to rely a little bit on the passing game, just by just a little bit. They threw the ball thirty-one times and ran the ball thirty-nine times. Very balanced. But they had to really lean on Jones for 203 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. The big stat here is the third down. If you can't convert on third down, you were 4 of 13 on third down. So you had the ball, but you got to be able to finish drives. So that tells me, when you're looking at it on paper and then from watching the game, Third down, you are not controlling the line of scrimmage. You have to get a push if it's third and short. If it's third and long, you have to pass protect. And then that also tells me you've got to make the catches. You've got to have good play calling. You have to get them pumped up to play. This was a huge shocker for me. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't going to be close, and this was a close game. Kentucky, congratulations on beating the Florida Gators. The Florida Gators are who they thought they were. Me and Coach West kind of thought maybe they could catch them, but it was going to take a while. Georgia and Alabama are on a different level than Florida. Florida is not a terrible team, but they are not recruiting the same as Georgia and Alabama. They're not recruiting the same. Dan Mullen sometimes outcoaches himself. If you look at last year when he had Kyle Trask, there was times he wanted to run him. He's not a running quarterback. 
Now you're talking about switching quarterbacks here at Florida. You have to coach what they can do. You have a running quarterback. Call the Tim Tebow stuff you used to call when you called for Tim Tebow all those years ago. If you've got a pocket passer, you need to call plays for pocket passing and get more of a run game from the running back. You have to convert on third down. Third down is huge, huge, and you need to convert. So Florida is who we thought they were. They are not this SEC winning team right now. They're not going to this playoff team. They, 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 you know, losing to Alabama is one thing, but losing Kentucky is a whole nother. But Kentucky coming back. Kentucky, I don't think, has been this good since Al Mummy and Mike Leach coached there way back when. But the Florida Gators are who we thought they were. They are not Alabama. They are not Georgia. They are taking a step backwards. And Dan Mullen's seat could start to be warming up. One of the biggest games of the week was Arkansas versus Georgia. Number eight, Arkansas versus number two, the Georgia Bulldogs. Arkansas is playing very good this year. Coach Pittman was born to coach at Arkansas, I believe, and he was coached to born to born to coach offensive line. He was the offensive line coach at Georgia, so this was a homecoming because they went to Georgia. I thought Georgia would win, but not win in the fashion that they did. It, Georgia, it was going to come down to their offense. Because with Georgia's offense, Bennett is a very eh quarterback, but they're getting it done. Their defense puts them in great situations. Their run game's pretty good. They have some athletes. They're not always under center anymore, running that pro style, which I think has held Georgia back. I thought it was going to be a closer game. But this kind of just shows you the recruiting of where they are. Georgia, with Kirby Smart, have been building this for a while. This is Coach Pittman's second year at Arkansas. Second year at Arkansas, you're sitting at 4-1, and 1-1 one, one and one in the SEC, and you play a very tough schedule. And you're beat, you've beat some teams already. That is fantastic. You give Coach Pittman as many years as Coach Kirby Smart, Arkansas is going to maybe probably be close to that. Maybe not quite Georgia right now. But they're going to be pretty close. So for some people that were completely shocked by this, I was just shocked about it being 37 nothing. I thought it was going to be maybe 14 to 17 point game, but you know, just, just because Arkansas was going to maybe make a comeback and all that stuff. Georgia's defense disguises things very well. They move around a lot. And man, their their line of scrimmage, those defensive linemen really get hands-on, really get extension. They really fly to the ball and tackle. Their safeties come flying down to make the play. And they just they controlled the line of scrimmage. They controlled the line of scrimmage. And I know that probably frustrated Coach Pittman to no end because he's an offensive line coach. And as a fellow O-line coach, that bothers me to death. But Arkansas's defense also was just not there. They let Georgia score 21 in the first quarter. They slowly start to get back now when they only score, Georgia only scores 3, 3, and then 10. That's why can Georgia maintain this type of winning with Bennett at quarterback? I think Georgia's going to get to the uh, SEC title versus Georgia or uh, Alabama. But then it's going to come down to that. Georgia's defense is going to play pretty well versus Bama, but it's going to be all up to Georgia's quarterback, Bennett. So George, so some Arkansas fans were like in awe and like, oh my God, this happened. No, Georgia is that good. Like some people think Georgia is better than Alabama with their defense. And quite frankly, 
I think they're pretty even. Like I think Georgia, Georgia looks defense looks more of like the Alabama defenses of a couple years ago. They're kind of big and kind of move. This year's Alabama defense is pretty fast, and we'll get to Alabama here in a minute. But Georgia is that good. And Arkansas is not quite there yet. Give Pittman about two to three more years, and they are going to be doing this, and they're going to play a team like Georgia again, and it's going to be a 28-21 to 21 game one side or the other. Arkansas's defense with with uh, Bryles at, at uh, offensive coordinator want to do more up-tempo. And against Georgia, they did not do quite as much up-tempo because of how good Georgia's defense is. I think they really wanted to see what they were doing. Georgia's defense could adapt to that tempo pretty well. And with that tempo, you're looking at screen games. You're trying to get inside zone stuff. You're doing check-with-me's, and Georgia's very good at check-with-me's on their defensive side of the ball because they're experienced. Kirby's smart there. Like, they're pretty good with the check-with-me's. And offenses check-with-me, they... Georgia probably has three different play calls at one time, and they can check to him. The linebacker can check to him. Kirby Smart's checking to him immediately. But with that no-huddle, up-tempo stuff that you're seeing them try to do, kind of like what Baylor used to do and what Bryles was doing, he was calling with Lane Kiffin at uh, Florida Atlantic, you're looking at key screens on the outside. You're looking at wide zone. You're looking at trying to get inside zone. You're doing motions. But when Georgia's defense is balanced all over the place, Sometimes they don't have to jump with the motion. They can just bump over. They're not going to follow it. But the big thing is when the line of scrimmage is controlled and you're bringing pressure and you're disguising things with the up-tempo where you're going pretty fast and all Georgia has to do is line up a certain way, run the same coverage six times in a row, which they don't. They're going to run this very complex defense probably compared to my brain, kind of like what Kirby Smart and them were doing at Alabama. It's just not going to happen. You know, Arkansas, you are still a good team. There is no reason to hang your head. Georgia is just a different level. You showed up, you played, you didn't quit. Things just didn't go your way, but Georgia is that good. They are going to battle with Alabama to win the SEC. No reason for Arkansas to hang your head. Coach Pittman is probably going to win Coach of the Year, and I think he is rightly deserved so as long as they continue to win out and play the way they're playing. they are. He's going to win Coach of the Year. No reason on your head, Arkansas. Georgia's defense just controlled the line of scrimmage, disguised more. They were really disrupting your up-tempo. When Arkansas starts recruiting for more of that up-tempo play style, they're going to be good. They're going to be there. There's no reason to fret over it, Arkansas fans. You're still good. You're still one of the best teams in the nation. You're playing very tough. Just keep it up. Everything is going to be fine. A game that I watched that really caught my eye was watching a pirate travel to the 12th man and steal all their gold with an offense that people said would not work in the SEC. And they were partly right. In the COVID year, the air raid offense struggled with Mike Leach at Mississippi State. But it's an offense that takes rhythm. It's an offense that takes a little bit. As easy as it is for us high school coaches to put in, the, the tweaks Coach Leach can do is more than what we can do. Mississippi State and Mike Leach go, and they ring the cowbell at the 12th man in Texas A&M and win 26-22. Jimbo Fisher. I'm not a huge Jimbo Fisher guy. People say he has this good... Win loss record. He's 
making a lot of money at Texas A&M. He won a national title with James Winston at FSU. There's just something about him that I just don't don't get. And he comes to Texas A&M is making a ton of money and hasn't quite gotten there. Now they're three and two, zero and two in the SEC. Their offense is struggling at the quarterback position. You know, twelve of twenty for one hundred thirty-five yards, one touchdown, one interception. They're they're struggling at the quarterback position. They're struggling a little bit on uh, moving the ball on offense. Their defense is can play for a while, but when you leave the defense on the field for a while, they're going to give up some points. And Mississippi State just played tougher. People think air raid, and they don't think it's a tough team because they're throwing the ball and this and that. And what people don't understand is Mike Leach wants tough players. The receivers have to block or he ain't throwing them the ball. People got to understand that. He will throw it to somebody else. That receiver ain't blocking, he ain't going to throw it. He ain't going to throw it. But Mississippi State actually has not a bad defense. They don't really have a bad defense. So people have to remember that. So Texas A&M struggling. Jimbo Fisher, with his freaking folder and all the books... He looks like a dad doing his taxes. He looks like a guy looking for the warranty on his washing machine with his glasses and all this stuff. What is going on with all those papers and notes? Then you have Coach Leach on the other side with a half a piece of paper. But people got to remember, Mississippi State's defense did not play bad in the COVID year, and they're not playing bad now. Now, Louisiana Tech is suspect, but Mississippi State pulled that out and won. North Carolina State, they won. They lose to Memphis, who they should not have lost. They should not play well, but it was a close game. And they lose to LSU in a close game. Now they win one. So this is talking about how tough the team is. The, the Mississippi State's a tough team. Their defense showed up to play. And Texas A&M didn't. I mean, there's not much else to say. They don't have, I mean, they get turnovers. They're tackling well. They kept things in front of them. And all that good stuff that we talk about all the time. You see everybody talk about it all the time. Third down was pretty even. Mississippi State, 3-10. Texas A&M is 4-11. Yards, Mississippi State just killed them in yards, 438-297. to Now, of course, Texas A&M beat them in rushing because Mike Leach doesn't want to run the ball. You know, I mean, and believe it or not, Mississippi State had the ball longer, 35 minutes to 24 minutes. So, I mean, people talk about this air raid. They had the ball longer than a team that's not throwing the ball and trying to run the ball. Mississippi State was 46 to 59 passing, like all this stuff. Like, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. Don't get it when people talk about this air raid stuff. Mississippi State had more first downs, more yards. Longer time of possession. Mississippi State's just a tough team. Air Raid or not, they are a tough team. Okay? They are a tough team. But Rodgers for Mississippi State, their quarterback, is playing lights out. I said he probably should have played in the COVID year. 46 of 59 passing, 408 yards, and three touchdowns. Jimbo Fisher is supposed to be this offense. I don't know if they've labeled him as like an offensive guru, but he's this offensive guy calling the plays. 
and I know they're kind of struggling at the quarterback position, but Mike Leach does get the best out of average quarterbacks and makes them do things like this. And when the air raid is in a rhythm, this is what's going to happen. But like any other offense, when you're a running offense, if you get the run game going and get into that rhythm, they're blocking well, the running backs reading, making cuts, it looks good. But people want to talk about this air raid that doesn't work in the SEC. I know Mississippi State didn't win a lot last year, but guess what? They start to figure it out, and that they get a good defense that's going to tackle, give up some yards, but not all the points. And you get a quarterback that can figure out the offense. You get running, or uh, excuse me, wide receivers that are going to make the right reads, run the right routes hard, and all that stuff. This is what's going to happen. I'm not saying Jimbo Fisher is overrated to that extent, but halfway overrated, almost to the overrated part, if that makes sense. If that makes sense. People talk about the air raid and all that. I'm just not a Jimbo Fisher guy. I'm not saying he's a terrible coach, but he's not. I don't think he's going to win a national title again. I think the recruiting back then, recruiting was different. FSU was this profile school. Now it's not. Texas A&M is kind of. They were better, I think, last year than this year. The recruiting, what's going on. I know he's good on offense and all this stuff. I just don't think he's going to be in Alabama. He's not going to be Kirby Smart in Georgia. He's not going to be that. He's going to be this type of coach. They're going to always go 10-2 and two or 9-3. and three. Maybe once in a great while they'll go 10-1 and one or 11-1 and one or whatever it is. Maybe one day they'll get to the SEC title. But I just don't see Jimbo Fisher leading them. Yeah, he... You know, I mean, I know someone had the same coaching record as Jimbo Fisher here, but Jimbo Fisher is doing a little better. But, I mean, someone won at Texas A&M. He's won at Texas A&M, whatever. Congratulations to one of my favorite coaches and Coach Leach for winning that tough game. People think the air raid's soft, think he's soft and all that. They're not. They're a tough team. Points, again, don't always tell the story. You have to watch the game, and those numbers don't always tell you everything. Go Air Raid, baby. Go Air Raid. Go Coach Leach, one of the best coaches in college football. I don't think he gets enough credit that he deserves. He got those players to play very tough. Congratulations to him beating Texas A&M. And Jimbo Fisher, like I said, I just something about Jimbo Fisher that I just don't trust. Or just don't buy into like everybody else. Another topic that gets talked about is Coach Ed Ogeron at LSU. And unfortunately, the topic is, is his time up? Is his seat very warm? LSU hosted Auburn and lost a tough battle to Auburn, 24-19. to Auburn had to come down and score late. LSU allowed Auburn to score 14 points in the fourth quarter. Now, LSU's quarterback, Johnson, did not play bad. They couldn't come down and win it at the end, you know, throwing that late interception. He did not play bad. 26 of 46, 325 yards, one touchdown and one interception. The one interception coming late when they were trying to get down the field to, uh, they couldn't kick a field goal to win. They have to get down the field and score. Bo Nix did not play bad. 23 of 44 for 255 yards and a touchdown. He also was our leading rusher with 74 yards. Auburn's not going to win the game, like continue success at all. I know they're four and one, but they are not a the best four and one team there is. But they're gutting it out and nutting it out, which sometimes you want. But they're not going to continue to win games if they can't control the line of scrimmage, and you know they're not going to. And their quarterbacks are leading rusher. LSU has had some injuries. 
on the offensive line. You know, there's some injuries and everything else. They're going back to kind of like the Joe Brady offense this year, but they don't have Joe Burrow, so it is going to look different. But people are talking about Ed Odron's time's up. We got to remember, just two years ago, or a year and a half ago, he won the national title. Now, all of a sudden, he doesn't know how to coach anymore. They lost a ton of players coming into the COVID year. They lost a lot of starters. They lost a lot of players due to COVID. Not that they've had it, but it was just health reasons, a little scare of COVID, which you have to understand at the time. I feel so bad for Coach Ogeron. I think he's a good coach. He's getting a lot out of players, but they are three and two. They did start off the year losing to UCLA. Um, you know, they're not their schedule hasn't been like the, the the craziest tough schedule there has been. You know, they lose to UCLA 38-27. They beat McInnes, you know, 34-7. Central Michigan 49-21. They did beat my Michigan State, Mississippi State 28-25. Then you lose to Auburn. Well, now you got to go play Kentucky, who just come off a huge win against Florida. Kentucky can win that game. Then you go play Florida, who even though I think Florida is not the best team, that's still a tough game. Then you got to play Old Miss. Then you got to play Alabama, Arkansas. Like, you have this meat grinder of a schedule with a young team, new coaches again. See, that's that's kind of where I don't think Nick Saban all the time gets enough credit. He can reload a staff like crazy. So, it doesn't mean Ed, Coach Ed Odron can't coach. doesn't mean he can't get enough out of players. But when you have a younger staff or a newer staff, you're trying to put back in this offense different from what you did last year. You're playing in the SEC against coaches that are kind of established. Maybe Maybe he needs to have more. You know, he just has kind of been the head coach, the CEO, and sometimes that works. Maybe he's got to step in and do more. Some people are saying he's doing more on defense, but I think he's got to take over something and put his foot down and say, enough's enough. I'm taking over. I'm the head coach. And I know he doesn't want to do that. You know, if you read his book, which is fantastic, um, and if you go read his book, I mean, it's fantastic. And he doesn't want to do that, but I think he kind of has to. But the thing is, is his seat hot? And I think it is. Unfortunately, it is. And what's sad is I think Coach Odron was born to coach at LSU, and he loves LSU, and he's all about LSU. I personally think you got to let him play out the year and kind of see what happens in the recruiting class. Are they getting better? Were they just young? Look at who they played. Look at, the, look at all that. Look at the film. I don't want him to be let go. I don't know where he would go. Would he be done coaching? There are some personal things going on in his life that I will not talk about here because I respect him too much. Um, but there are some personal things going on in his life that he's trying to overcome and the program's trying to overcome. So there's a lot going on that he's trying to steer the ship of. And it's easy to look back at that the national title because he had Joe Burrow. You have Joe Burrow. You know, it's easy. But you got to re- have two basically new coaching staffs the past two years. And I the only person I've seen that's able to do that is Coach Saban. Clemson has always kept their assistants. We're going to see what Lane Kiffin can do at Ole Miss if all the staff leaves or stays. But when you got to replace pretty much most of the staff for two years in a row, that is very tough, especially on a young team last year. Young team this year. You, they have a decent recruiting class coming in. Unfortunately, I think Coach Odron's seat is a little warm. But I hope they keep him. I think he can turn it around. I think they can play better. But they have a meat grinder of a schedule. So now for the rest of the schedule, it's how they play. Not necessarily if they win. I hope that that doesn't determine him. It's a meat grinder of a schedule. I think as if they play close. If they play close, I think he will keep his job. But then his seat will be warm. And then if they start this way next year, it's going to be flaming hot Cheetos hot.
You know what I mean? So I feel I feel for Coach Ogeron. I would love to have him on the podcast. I'm I my favorite coaches are Nick Saban, Mike Leach, and Coach Ogeron is up there. He's one of my favorite coaches. I would love to have him on here and talk for just 10, 15 minutes, but that will never happen. But I am supportive of him. I hope he keeps his job there. I think he's born to coach LSU. I think that's he is the type of coach for them. But they've got to turn around and they've got to play tougher. Last game that we're going to discuss before we get into my recap of all the picks, my bet picks that I made, um, we're going to talk about Old Miss versus Alabama. The GOAT Nick Saban got Lane Kiffin his popcorn, and the Crimson Tide beat the Old Miss Rebels 42-21. to And the game wasn't even that close. This game was high electric last year. And question marks have started to pop up about Alabama's defense. They're not that big, you know. They're not always controlling the line of scrimmage and, and all of this stuff. And I try to tell people with their strength and conditioning staff, with them getting stronger throughout the year, last year, no matter if they're not that big, they are going to continue to get stronger. That strength and conditioning staff is not changing nothing. They didn't go anywhere. They are going to continue to get stronger as the year goes on. They're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage. They're going to be able to fly around. People said that Lane Kiffin's no-huddle offense was going to give them some problems, and maybe so. That's usually... Alabama's Achilles heel. Well, that's why Alabama kind of went to a, they're still big. They're big boys. Smaller defense to keep up with that, but with their strength and conditioning staff to battle that is making them stronger. People don't get that. They are getting stronger and faster as the year goes on. Play calling looks good from Bill O'Brien. Now, Nick Saban said we have an offense. He's going to call our offense with some of his personal tweaks. You're getting this offense the same way. Old Miss's defense quite isn't there yet. They've got to take a step forward. Even though they've only scored 21 points, the offense still did some good things. I mean, their quarterback, 213 yards, 21 of 29 passing is not bad. They they pass it around. The running backs were getting 47 yards and some yards passing around. But you got Alabama's just a different animal. Just a different animal. And like I said, Alabama had a full offseason. You know, now when they see what Lane Kiffin can do, he he did a little things differently than did Alabama, but now that you're giving Nick Saban another year, this is what's going to happen. And Nick, Lane's just not there yet. It's year two again. You, you know, you're talking about Mike Leach's stuff. You're talking about other coaches that just aren't there yet, like at Arkansas. Old Miss is going to be there here in probably two years. They just got to take that next step on defense. But Alabama's Alabama. Young had 241 yards passing and two touchdowns. You have a running back in Robinson with 171 yards on 36 carries and four touchdowns. Like, that's just what's going to happen. So people thought this was going to be a close game. I didn't know it was going to be a close game. I thought maybe, you know, it'd be 14 to 17 point win for Bama. It's kind of what I was going to go with. But I did, people just think Alabama's defense is going to take this huge step back after that Florida game. And I'm trying to tell people they're okay giving up yards as long as they don't give up all these points. Alabama is at that point now where they are okay if they give up yards and everything else. But a big thing for Ole Miss was some of the fourth down. They went on fourth down a lot. They were two for five. 
So some of that decision-making is easy for me to say. I will not question Lane Kiffin. I think the only one was, uh, I think it was fourth down on the opposite. They were still on Alabama's side, and they went for it. I think that's the only one, but I will not question Lane Kiffin. Um, but third down, you know, they're 5 of 14. Just just Alabama won all over the numbers, if you're looking at numbers. Rushing the ball is what kind of hurt Old Miss. You know, Alabama was able to keep the ball for 37 minutes. So Alabama said, okay, we're going to take what they give us. We're going to keep Lane Kiffin's offense off the field. Their defense, you know, if we can run the ball and move it and do this and do that, be very methodical, we're going to win. And they did, you know, 451 yards of total offense versus Old Miss is 291. But again, Lane Kiffin's been around for a while. He is not a clown, Mike Wilbon. Old Miss is a good team. You know, they're 12 in the nation for a reason. They're three and one. They're going to win some games this year. Um, Lane Kiffin's going to get them maybe not quite that low, but they're going to compete here. You give them about two more years. Yeah. Like there's a good game next week versus Arkansas. It's going to be a high flying game, but Old Miss can win that one. They're going to play Tennessee. Old Miss can win. LSU, Old Miss can win. Like Old Miss can win a lot of these games coming up. And then the final game of the year is going to be awesome against Mississippi State, two coaching um, minds, you know, these these great uh, uh, coaches and their and uh, their personalities and all that. But, I mean, don't write off Old Miss. Now they're number 17 in the nation. Alabama's Alabama. It's going to come down to Alabama and Georgia and the SEC. You give Nick Saban more time to prepare. This is what's going to happen. But Alabama's offensive line pushed Old Miss's defensive line around. They were able to double team and get to the backers pretty well. Young was able to make the short passes and long passes when he needed to. The running backs ran through tackles. Uh, you know, they form out formation a lot in Alabama. They do a lot of motions to out formation you. They start one, you know, they can go three by one, motion a guy over another, and two by two. They can start off in a tray look with a tight tight end, shift the tight end over. Now he's over here. They can do a back screen. They do a lot with their tight end. They roll one way, turn around and throw it back the other way for their tight end and do that. Like, they do all of that stuff. Alabama is Alabama for a reason. Old Miss will be back. They will be fine. But Nick Saban is now undefeated versus old coaches. He's the daddy. Let's not forget that. He's the daddy. But Lane Kiffin is not a clown. i got to reiterate that. But it was a fantastic game nonetheless. It was fun. Old Miss is going to win some games. He'll be fine, but roll tide. To end the show, we're going to recap, unfortunately, my week five college football picks. My lock pick was Old Miss plus four and a half. Thanks a lot, Lane Kiffin. Thanks a lot. My feel good was Arkansas plus 18, just because, I, like I said, I thought it was going to be a closer game. Georgia really took it to me. My sneaky one was Northwestern plus 11 and a half. I lost that one. But I did get one right, so I was one for three. My upset pick was my Mississippi State Bulldogs and one of my favorite coaches, Coach Leach, over Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M, so I was one and three, unfortunately. So that was the only one I bet. Good thing I did not parlay them. So that one, I said, you don't have to parlay these. You can just make a pick. Won that one, but it is what it is. Last week, I was... Um, I did better the week before, but this one, not so much. All right. That wraps up another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. Go subscribe, go follow, go leave a review and all that good stuff so you get told when a new episode comes out. 
Please check all the affiliates in the description below and all that good stuff. Please like, subscribe, all that stuff. Check out all the other episodes that are out there on the Coach Steve Show podcast. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys on the next one. This has been another installment of the Coach Steve Show podcast. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.